0: I got a high sneaking around and lying. I wasn't feeling the pain of betraying someone that I loved. I wasn't feeling the pain of misinterpreting my soul and what it was saying to me. What I believe it was saying to me was, Lindsay, you need to be on your own in order to get to know yourself better and to give yourself more love so that you can receive the love that you've always dreamed of. Yeah, I don't know where that table. Came so I'm from. sitting on Lindsay's couch
1: <laughs> and I look outside and there's like a tiny one of those tables that you eat at when you're eating. In it's front a of the TV, TV dinner table. It's a TV dinner table. And it's literally like in the middle of the woods, just like sitting there. I don't know if they've been like eating their dinners at the table and watching Lindsay. I woke up one morning yeah. and I just
0: saw it there and Dude, I was like, ooh, okay.
1: we have the absolute number. We have a very interesting array of of individuals at our new apartment complex it's a
0: yeah give me the it's a myriad
1: of of interesting so there's dr bob who wrote the orgasmic experience of life true true life he wrote that book and i'm reading it
0: which is actually pretty good he's how to come when you do anything yeah
1: so that's (laughs) what it is it's all sex all sex that's dr bob and then we have whatever. So we have all these people, but there's one people in the building next to us and they're down below. And it's like a woman never heard the man. I honestly think that she's talking to herself. She is literally the other night 4am. She goes, it's diarrhea. I swear to God. She literally is graphically describing the diarrhea that she had at four in the morning. And is like, I can't, it's not, it's like, it won't stop. It's coming. Like it's diarrhea. I've been constipated all week. 4am yelling. And then like the next night, she was like yelling at her husband. Me and Justin think that she lives alone and we think she's batshit. She's yelling at her husband, quote unquote. She's like, yeah, you're not going to help me clean. You never fucking help me clean. You would never. You're never going to get off your ass and help me clean. I'll do the dish. And is like having a full on fight conversation. Is
0: it the one who came to your door the other day when I was there? No, she's
1: like runs the okay building she, she runs the garbage yeah she runs the garbage
0: <laughs> Gabrielle,
1: um this like having a full-on fight conversation with herself it was the craziest thing that's the thing is you, last night i hear people fighting screaming there's i say like 80 percent of the time that i'm sleeping i'm like there's screaming happening really for homeless people yeah last night there was like screaming match
0: so interesting
1: so interesting the freaks come out at night
0: dude I have, I I feel very lucky. I have a few weirdos. I have.
1: I have one that comes every day. Oh yeah? Yeah. I think people give him food. Oh.
0: Oh, he doesn't live there.
1: Mm -mm. Oh. He's there every single morning sitting at the bottom of my stairs.
0: Mm. I have the, actually the only one I truly want to complain about is apartment in the front.
1: Lindsay has drug dealers in the apartment in the front. Sorry. Yep. And you know what's fucking crazy? Can I say this? I'm not going to say the name. This is actually fucking crazy and everyone needs to know about this. The girlfriend of the drug dealer is a big-ass blogger and you would look at her page. There's so many bloggers like this. Honestly, it's like a dime a dozen. And she has a lot of followers. You guys would never know who she is, I don't think, but travels all over the world, looks so glam. And she literally lives in Lindsay's fucking complex with a drug dealer fucking boyfriend.
0: Husband. Husband.
1: Husband and her page is fucking crazy.
0: It's fucking nuts. Yo,
1: that's that that shit. That's fucking crazy.
0: You can just tell they're miserable, especially her. Well, it's just really sad because I'm just, well, I'm pissed. I stole from us the other day. Yeah. So we had like, did we just say, did we talk about this on the podcast? (laughs) So we had almond milks delivered, like six of them for, you know, a little partnership thing that we were doing. Shout out to our beauties at, um, made with love wellness, their milks, are fucking bomb. Mm-hmm. And we were so excited to get them and we were recording and our sweet friend dropped them off and, uh, went down after we were done recording to grab them. They weren't there. And I was like, Oh hell no. How yeah, does that there's happen? Like, there's like eight people here and we, I was, trust all of my neighbors an and I was You're like, huh? An yeah. And it was inside the gate. So I was like, that's weird. And then, I freaking it all clicked in my head. I was like, mm, solve the mystery in my head. Didn't even have to sleuth that much. So people in that apartment who we mentioned a few minutes ago, I was like, Oh, she's a blogger. So she gets milks too all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit. Her husband, I had seen her leave earlier. Her husband probably thought they were for her. So he fucking snatched them, even though there was no name on them, snatch them. And so I left a note on the door. I knocked. No answer, of course, because I don't have the secret code. Because I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> I left a note on the door, and I said, "Hi!" Exclamation point. I know you probably get a lot of packages, but I believe you took in a uh, thing of milks by mistake. <laughs> um, if you could just leave them back out by the mail mail area, and I'll come and grab them. I really appreciate it. So a half hour later i go back down oh there are the milks cool but it was kind of weird because it was two little carriers honey
1: and there was you only say the weirdest part
0: that they fucking took some i, I was getting there oh, fuck. <laughs> sorry guys the art of storytelling by crystal i know <laughs> literally
1: well, i was so excited for it i'm like wait for i said it.
0: huh it was weird. Cause like there was two little containers and each container had four slots. So I was like, that's weird. There's two in each. Why would she just give us one? So there's four. And then we texted her. We're like, hey, how many milks did you drop off? Just double checking. She's like six. There was only four. He had taken two of them. What? What well, kind of fucking weirdo. Like, but what he was trying to piss me off.
1: Yeah. Walk, walking around pissing me.
0: Off. Or he literally took the milks in, chugged two of them. What if he left the empties?
1: It's crazy because it's like, <laughs> yo, we actually put a note on your door, so we know it's you.
0: You psycho. Psycho. But I can't, I can't create do like I-, I can't create a scene around this because God forbid. He sends someone for me. Yeah. I'm
1: serious. Yo, cause I was wondering, cause I didn't know that there was this situation until one time I saw this like interesting bird outside mm-hmm. the door, outside of Lindsay's gate. I'm like, who is this interesting bird? Like girl was very lost. I don't know what she was mm-hmm. doing on this side of the 405.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very interesting. And she looked very flustered. She was like, oh. <clears throat> like run, like kind of, I'm like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? I'm like, you don't live here. Trying to get her fix.
0: <laughs> anyway. So all can't. I know is that it's weed, it's nothing else, mm-hmm. but who knows? Boring. I think it's probably whatever. Dude, but they have, mean- a, they have an ATM in their apartment, honey. You guys, it's like that's I don't know if that's it's legal. Comical.
1: How do you know they have an ATM
0: because they have the freaking Mack truck? Oh, yeah, drive up.
1: So they have a Mack truck drive up and they have video cameras in every single window. This
0: episode is going to be proof. So if we go missing, just know this is why. I don't give a fuck.
1: (laughs) I just think the blogger thing fucking blows my mind because it's like, oh, so you're funding your shit by drug dealing. It just pisses me off when like bloggers are part of that fucking formula and actually don't have fucking anything to say. It's like your photos and you have so many followers because you do the fucking formula. You're in the Maldives mm. and it's a picture of your back and your hair is loosely curled and the water is perfectly fucking blue. And there's like a tiki hut in the fucking background. Mm-hmm. Like cool. And then you throw a Lightroom filter on it that like makes it pop. Got it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like bullshit. It's like, what do you have to say? Like, yeah.
0: yeah. That. Yeah,
1: we are mad. We want our milks.
0: <laughs> I want my fucking milks. Peace and blessings. Ugh. Anyway, but my other neighbors are nice. I have a trumpet player in my building who I like very much, and he plays on cool. Sunday afternoons. Anyway,
1: what um, is that about New York? You know, like yeah, when we. <laughs> were- <laughs> Yes yeah, that. Miss like a little bit of
0: skit scat jazz. Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> Where are you going? Got to smoke.
1: I <laughs> miss the old days of New York. <laughs> the grit. <laughs> People chasing
0: their dreams. Smoking smokes. <laughs> a, Smoking a, a pancake. Um anyway. All right. What's today? Today's where are we? Today's Lindsay's solo episode.
1: Oh fuck yeah! You guys I'm pumped. This is gonna be. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet.
0: I didn't listen to yours before it came out, actually. So that was really fun.
1: Yeah, that's the you way we. Need do, that's the way
0: we do it. I don't um, need to
1: babysit you. I don't need to babysit you. We don't need to babysit each other. As long as you
0: speak your truth, I will support you. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine if you're like, hey Aiden, could you send? Yeah, literally. <laughs> what if I like
1: popped it out, like cut it out? I was like, <laughs> really like, hey. good. I was like, hey guys. <laughs>
0: All of a sudden this like devil sound came in. I was like,
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> like what she really means here is You're like
0: sabotage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a good one. I'm when Lindsay told me, so me and Lindsay are doing more solo episodes. I mean, the people have spoken. You <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> But seriously, so we're trying to do more solo episodes, just connecting with you guys. They think we're Siamese twins. Yeah. (laughs) We're trying to differentiate who we are. Um, So when Lindsay told me that she was going to do this for her solo episode, I was so pumped. I remember reading it and I was like, yes i was so i was like floored i'm like so excited
0: yeah it was thanks um if w- yeah it was weird one to h- not have you there and like kind of bounce a conversation off but yeah. once you get in the flow you just flow it's it were you nervous at first i was nervous for mine i wasn't nervous but i was like it w- i was almost like being annoying to myself i was just like mm. hey can you just like t- yeah. You know what I mean? Where I was almost like judging in the back of my head, like, are you saying enough? Are you saying too much? Totally. And then I was like, okay, no, There's just talk. There's I'm like,
1: boring.
0: Yeah. But Literally. like, we have to remember that, like we've told that story so many times, either to ourselves or to other people, like to some people. So it seems maybe over talked about, but we haven't shared it really. So mm-hmm. um, that's why your solo episode did so well and people really resonated with it. Um, so this episode is about the sacredness of being single. And I kind of want to say off the bat that like, even if you are in a relationship, I think this episode can apply to you Um, because I think we all find ourselves kind of feeling quote unquote alone or lonely or in some sort of what we're told is like a limbo or like before we're in that relationship or before we get that dream job or before we move to the city of our dreams or before we find our best friends, it's kind of like this like waiting room time. Mm. It kind of feels like, Mm -hmm. and a lot of us try to get out of it ASAP. Mm -hmm. A lot of us try to numb through it. Um, I think we all go through those kind of initial reactions, but I wanted to talk about how I've been able to collaborate with it. And I think it's been the most important time in my life from which I know everything will flow. So I give a little background on kind of how I grew up and what relationships were modeled for me. Um, and the relationships that I had throughout even middle school, high school, college, because those, kind of set the tone for what I was expecting and like the patterns that were super ingrained in me. So I had to do a lot of reprogramming when I did find myself thrust into this like white abyss that is being single. So yeah, it's just, you know, a stream of consciousness and, you know, hopefully you're able to take, to have some takeaways from this episode so that when you do find yourself a bit lonely or feeling, um, in between in limbo that you can make the most of it. Cause I think it's a really sacred, special time.
1: Yeah. There's beauty in the process and I'm so glad that you, you know, thought, think about it that way and are sharing it that way. So I'm excited to listen. Yeah. Cannot wait. Here we go. Here we go. Secret Facebook group. Join it on Facebook. Thank you for writing reviews. We'll read the review of the week, add the outro, really appreciate it. And then be on the lookout for some exciting things happening this fall. Appreciate you guys so much. We wouldn't be here without you. And I feel like a douche loser saying that, but it means so much.
0: It's Mm -hmm. true, true, true. We love you. We'll see you on the other side. Love you. Almost 30 Nation, it's Linz and it's only me. So this is my solo episode, my first one. Um, What is so great and I'm so thankful for about Krista and I's relationship, me and Krista's relationship, English major, is that we are so different and that we have experienced really different things in our lives. And we are at very different yet crossing at similar points in our lives now. And I learned so much from her and her hopefully from me. And we got the tap from the entity that is almost 30 that we should be sharing our individual experiences and stories in some solo episodes. So we hope you enjoy. I know you guys loved Krista's solo episode about quitting her job and pursuing her dreams. There was a lot to unpack there and she inspired me to go full time with the podcast as well. So here I am. And I got the tap from Miss almost thirty herself, this huge spirit that has come into our lives and asked us to serve you all uh, to talk about the sacredness of being single. I've been single for about who? Uh, seven years. Yeah, seven years, and. I've dated on and off, I've met some incredible people, actually some incredible people on dating apps by the way, so I am never ever going to knock dating apps, I'm not uh, on them currently because I was wasting a lot of time just fucking swiping and shit and it annoyed me, So, but I have met some incredible people, so I am so for them, if you're on them um, and it's going well for you, awesome. So for people who are not technically single, who are in a relationship, I want you to stick with me too, because I believe there is a space, no matter where you are in your life, where you are thrust into a time of what we might understand on the surface as loneliness. So whether you move to a new city and you're trying to find friends, a community, whether you are in a new relationship and trying to navigate communication and you're not feeling heard and you just feel alone, whether you are not close to your family and um, having to figure everything out on your own without that type of support system, whatever it is, I am here for it and I want to unpack this idea and there's really this stigma around being single, this feeling that it's a limbo an in between time where we are working to get to being in a relationship, being with another, spending our lives or the rest of our lives with someone else. Or if you are in a relationship, maybe this is a limbo time before you get that dream job or before you have the best friends ever. And I just want to, one, take the pressure off because this time is so sacred. And I think in ways, kind of the main event, the big show, and oftentimes we, we kind of brush it off and rush through it and numb through it, but this is the main show. Uh, I'll get into that more, but just a little bit about my history. If y'all didn't know, I've shared a little bit on the podcast, but just to bring you up to speed to where I am now and what I am unpacking in my shadow work, that is that is. Making sense of it all, and perhaps a lot of you can relate in various ways. Um, So, I grew up on the East Coast. I'm the oldest of four kids. So, I was always the mother hen. I was always taking care of my siblings, making sure that they were okay, perhaps being a little bossy at times, if I'm being (laughs) completely honest. But I was, you know, the one that mom pointed to when she couldn't wrangle the rest. Of them, So I was always, um, nurturing in my nature and at times that was to a fault. So I was the oldest of four kids. I was always trying to get attention, uh, through my performing. I always wanted to be an actress, a performer in some way. I had dreams of being a Broadway star. So I would perform on the, uh, fireplace in our living room with my wooden spoons and I would totally hog the camera when my mom was taking videos. Pushing my sister out of the way, so it was there was this interesting dichotomy where I was wanting to perform and have all the attention, but then in the next moment I wanted to make sure everyone was satisfied and happy and taken care of. So it was this weird like fight with my ego that shall come up later. We'll touch on that, um, but I was never really allowed to have a boyfriend. It was, I was threatened in a very nice way by my father that I would not have a boyfriend for a very long time. I didn't know what that meant, but I had really cool friends who started to like date boys at recess, you know, where they would like all huddle in the back field outside recess they all had their Jankos on and the chains wearing like glitter lip gloss and wearing mascara when their mom said no, but they had their pocket when they left for school. So they were all dating and and kissing and doing real basic shit that I was not allowed to do. and And honestly, I was kind of scared to do it. I've always kind of had this weird relationship with the idea of a boy liking me. (laughs) I don't know if anyone can relate, so stay with me for a second. But I had a dad, as I mentioned, who is pretty strict. um, And therefore, if I were to like someone, there was kind of this fear involved with it. Yet I was a ham and a half and wanted attention, but knew I liked boys. So I, was curious so there was like so many emotions going on at once and I one time had this moment at summer camp and these two twins Glenn and Greg very confident cool freaking kids part of the cool clan they um were buddies with the camp counselor as you are when you're cool um and I was kind of a nerd and proudly so and I just remember um them orchestrating this moment where they turned on matchbox 20 or something like that. It was like, I want to push you around that song. I actually want to vomit singing it because it brings back this memory. So they were sending over Greg cause Greg wanted to make out with me and I had never made out with anyone. I was really scared. <sighs> so scared. Um, and, but I had this feeling of like, well, they finally like accept me and like me and, but I don't want to do this. I'm scared. Like I've always kind of had this weird subconscious Like block when it comes to people actually pursuing me and it like freaks me out. Anyway, it might pop up later. So fast forward to eighth grade. I'ma skip a little bit because nothing crazy happened before that. But I was performing, I was at a new school, it was an all-girls school. I was one of 23 girls in my class, and I went to this school for theater. They had a phenomenal theater program, and I just said yes. My parents kind of told me what I was doing, but thankfully I did this. This completely changed my life. And I was cast as Peter Pan, and women always play Peter Pan. And in this case, because we were so damn serious, they asked me to cut my hair. Wig was not an option. They were bringing in professional flyers. So they asked me to cut my hair for safety reasons. And after crying for days, I said, yes. I don't know why I said yes. I was in eighth grade, the most awkward years of my life. And I was about to make it more awkward. But I think my soul knew that this was a door that needed to be pushed open for a lot of things to come through, almost like a butterfly effect. It really has changed my life completely when I said yes to that role and yes to cutting my hair. But in the moment, superficial ego shit came through. I had not kissed a boy yet. I was worried as hell that boys wouldn't like me if my hair was short. So frantically, I went to the large, chunky desktop that was in our common room in my house. I think it was a gateway. And I went to the interwebs, and I don't even know if we had Google then, and I looked up Mary Kate and Ashley Olson, I knew they had short hair. I needed to know that they still looked cute and they did. And I brought this to my haircut for them to mimic. I also shared it with a boy that I had been talking to on AIM, Instant Messenger. I hope you guys are still with me because this story definitely ties together what I'm talking about. AIM, Instant Messenger. His name was Mike. His dad owned a lot of the car dealerships in the area. He was cool as hell in my book. And I really wanted him to like me. And I was terrified that if I cut my hair, that he wouldn't like me. Not to mention, didn't have boobs, didn't really have anything going on at the time. Which I thought boys needed in order to like a girl. How fucked up. So I sent them this picture of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And I said, this is what I'm gonna look like. He replied, hot. And I was like, yes. Okay, cool. He's on board. I'm on board, he's on board. He's gonna like me still after this haircut. I take the picture in to get the haircut and they go a little shorter. A little shorter than I ask for. Not a ton, but enough to send me into hysterics Post haircut, we went to this very fancy salon, paid a lot of money. Uh, Once I came out of my hysterical episode, I started rehearsals and just fully immersed myself in the process to try and forget that I had chopped off what to me felt like my identity as a female I was teased in school. There was a girl that bullied me because I started to get recognition through my performing. And I I believe she felt threatened. And so she bullied me uh, pretty severely. And once I got my haircut, I mean, game over. I was called Dyke, uh you know, she claimed, she started rumors about people I was dating and what I was doing and that I was being promiscuous. Meanwhile, hadn't even played tonsil hockey yet. Thank you for accelerating my reputation. Anyway, at the time it destroyed me. My self-confidence was at an all-time low. And so I was hoping that When I met this boy, Mike, I had met him briefly, but we were going to go to the movies when I met him, that he would give me the validation that I was still pretty, that I was still worthy of someone liking me and investing time. And so we went to see Britney Spears Crossroads. We sat in the front row. To my right were all of my girlfriends. To his left were all of his guy friends. And I was wearing a little wrap top with a very hard shell, strapless bra. Very hard shell, because I didn't have boobs. I just want to make it look like I had boobs. He attempted to go up my shirt, attempted because I tied it real tight, attempted, couldn't get up there, and then proceeded to make out with me and burp in my mouth. I believe this was a message from Spirit saying, Linz, what are you doing? why are you going to a boy who you know is probably making out with every girl on the block to find some sort of validation? Didn't listen to spirit. I was crushed. Disappointed. That was my first kiss, but I moved on. But I do think that was kind of imprinted onto my heart for a long time. And I continued to seek validation in these relationships with boys. My next boyfriend was what I didn't know to be a drug addict. Didn't know that because I was naive as hell. He was taking Oxycontin and other pills. And once his mom asked me to help send him to rehab, I then knew the situation. That's how naive I was. But I was so enmeshed in taking care of him, nurturing him, making sure that he was OK, that I was fully invested, and I was crushed when, you know, in a drug-induced state, he would cheat on me and hang out with other girls and all of this stuff. This was ninth grade people. But this time in my life when, and your life, when you are so impressionable, we forget that these moments, these memories, these interactions, these fleeting relationships could have a big impact on the way that we see ourselves in the way that we evaluate how much we are worth. And I'm unpacking this now better late than never, by the way. If you feel like you are a lost cause, like you have too much to unpack, never, never, never. You can start today one thing at a time, one breath at a time, one conversation with yourself at a time. So thankfully, I my luck with men definitely changed later in high school I dated a wonderful guy for a year senior year of high school that was magical and really set the tone for um, my next relationship as well in college let me ask you something real quick though a little detour but I think um, it definitely is on topic so when it comes to our parents I I love my parents so much. Um, they are still together. They met in January, got engaged in February, got married in September and had me a year later and then proceeded to have three more kids within eight years. And I'm just curious, like I'm kind of talking this out in real time. I haven't really thought about this, but you know, our parents are in a different generation. And so for me to look to my parents for example, in terms of what a relationship could be for me, almost does not um, ring true or resonate because I am growing up in in a different time. I'm evolving in a different way and at a different rate. And I have... I just have this sense of myself that I'm not quite sure my parents had of themselves at this age. Um, And so what am I trying to say? I guess, I guess it's just like, I didn't have this idea that, Oh, well, my parents have this and this is what I want. Um, I almost didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what, a relationship should look like and i'm i know now that it's kind of beautiful how different every relationship is and that if i'm able to take time for myself and really listen to what my heart and soul wants listen to my intuition then i'm able to kind of create this beautiful ever-changing relationship with another human being, whether friendship or romantic, that is lasting and that could be really purposeful. Um, Sorry, that was just kind of an aside, but I often think about, you know, how we grow up and what we saw. Um, I just remember having a few boyfriends in a row, these wonderful boyfriends later in, you know, high school into college, their parents were awesome. Like their, their relationships were almost like vomit worthy. They were so cute. And, um, my parents didn't have like a cute relationship. They loved each other very much, but I wouldn't say it was like, oh wow, they're so cute. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I I didn't really know what, what a relationship should look like. So I think um the not knowing kind of freaked me out a little bit as I started to navigate relationships in my early twenties into the mid-20s. Um I was kind of grabbing for straws, grabbing for examples. So I, I'm sure a lot of you can relate and I'd love to talk about it more outside of this episode, but you know, it's just really interesting to kind of see the parallel. Okay, so back to when my relationship started to get healthier. Um, My college boyfriend, he is the person that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I told my grandmother at one point, I was like, grandma, you can put as much money as you want down. He's going to be my husband. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. We're going to have four kids. Actually, we're going to have four kids by the time I'm 35. She's like, really? She's like, I hope I'm alive by then. I was like, me too. Cause you're taking care of them. Um, but I was sure I was definitely sure, not one ounce of doubt, but you know, early twenties, you are so sure of a lot of things. And the second you make plans, your soul is like, ha Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Whatever. So my relationship in college was great on the surface. He was an athlete, I was so proud of him and everything that he was doing as an athlete at school. I was constantly thinking about him, what he needed about plans for the future and how I could kind of work around where he was possibly going, which could be the pros and how my life could kind of conform to work with his constantly just thinking about the other, making sure that they're okay at the expense of my own kind of soul's calling. And I know that sounds cheesy as fuck, but my soul was speaking the whole damn time and I chose to not listen. That is not to say that I didn't love him. I loved him very much. But I think part of loving another is loving yourself just as much. If you are not loving yourself just as much, you are taking from the love that you could be giving that other person. Because what starts to happen is this exchange of loving energy. And if your partner, the person that you're with, sees that you are not loving yourself as you should, what tends to happen, at least in my experience, is that they kind of take back a little bit of love that they could have given you. I don't know why. It's just this weird balancing of energy that tends to happen. So we were in a relationship. I. As I said, I thought I was going to marry him. And then once he was two years older, he graduated and went off to play in the pros briefly and, and a stint in the semi-prose. And I was still in school. Uh, once I graduated, I went to New York City. He was in business school in New Jersey, not too far away, but far enough to the point where my younger self emotionally not quite developed Started to seek that attention and that love elsewhere. And I was not equipped to seek that love from myself, which is where I should have gone, turned inward and uh, been able to do that work. But that's neither here nor there. So what I did was seek attention from others and I was working in the bar industry. I was working at night and then auditioning during the day, grinding as you do in New York and really exhausted and what I didn't know to be kind of miserable and unfulfilled, but I couldn't quite tell because I was drinking. I was out late at night. I didn't do drugs, but I was, I was drinking, you know, every night and sometimes to access sometimes not but either way it was still numbing and i engaged in a definitely physical and emotional relationship outside of my relationship with him with someone that i worked with and this was at the end of our relationship i i said for a long time that i didn't know who that person was as to not place the blame elsewhere, but just to take some of the blame blame off of me. And I'm now looking at it more so as that was me. That was actually my soul crying out for me to listen. And what happened was that my ego got involved and I believe kind of drove me into that that cheating period and for me i i got a high sneaking around and lying i numbed with drinking so i wasn't really feeling the feelings in the moment i wasn't feeling the pain of betraying someone that i loved i wasn't feeling the pain of misinterpreting my soul and what it was saying to me, what I believe it was saying to me was, Lindsay, you need to be on your own in order to get to know yourself better and to give yourself more love so that you can receive the love that you've always dreamed of. Not to say that he didn't love me, but I do believe that my soul was asking for time by itself not side-by-side with someone else um, at that early 20s period, which is so chaotic. Can anyone relate? So fucking chaotic. You don't know which way is up. You're expected to be a full-blown adult. And here you are just trying to figure out yourself when... And then you're told, you got to pay your bills, you got to pay your rent, uh, you got to get a job, You got to start a 401k, a what? A 401k, okay. All of these things. Meanwhile, you haven't even gotten to know yourself yet. So it was chaotic. And the angel that he was, the forgiving present angel, he took me back after finding out about everything. But I had dirtied the fucking water and just felt so shameful. And I felt like this was not the same anymore. I had done something to completely sabotage and destroy what I thought to be the best thing I had at the time, which is wrong. I had so many things, including my own spirit and talent that was dying to be shared. So I officially ended it and went into a deep, dark place. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate. So I want to start to get into when you enter this place of being single, being alone, what feels alone most of the time, what tends to come up so that you can see it come in whether it's thoughts, feelings, see it come in, almost expect it in a way and sit with it instead of run away with it because you're so scared you didn't expect to feel this way. Sit with it, let it move through you, and then you're going to come out the other side. So what tends to come up when you initially enter this time is resistance, resistance to being alone. So automatically you... You might call all of your friends, have them rally around you. You might be calling your mom five times a day, whatever it is, going out, partying, uh, scheduling to go to events, things like that. I'm not saying these things are necessarily wrong, but when we fill up all of our time with time with other people in order to... Fill in the blank quiet space with noise and what is possibly chaos and what I like to call fuckery. If you want me to spell that, let me know. Fuckery. It could be really detrimental to your growth during this time, which is all this time is for. It is for immense growth as you pick up these little gifts and cues from your soul. So also what tends to happen is that we tag this time as being lonely and alone. And we just kind of veil it in this dark stigma of, okay, so I'll, I'll be here for a little bit and like, eventually I'll come out of it not to discount any feelings of sadness and depression. I have been there. I was in such a dark place after I broke up with my long-term boyfriend and after I had shattered his heart and betrayed him and lied to him and lied to myself, I was broken. But what I did was... I gave this time such a negative connotation that it blocked any blessings that wanted to come through. I was not willing to see anything as a blessing. I wanted to beat myself up. I wanted to punish myself. Now, this is very specific to me, but perhaps for others, this time could be just self loathing and self pity and, you know, kind of just a feeling of being stuck without hope. And I do, I just want to encourage you, um, if you're in it, want to sit in it. It's such a beautiful thing when a feeling can move you so much to tears and sadness and mourning. It is a beautiful thing to allow that emotion to flow through you on a physical level, to move you, to bring tears to your eyes, to make your stomach turn, to force you to take a deep breath so you can create space. It's a beautiful thing. Oftentimes we tighten up and we brace ourselves and we just block it out, but allow it to move through you. All right. So I want to talk about to kind of wrap up, what is, what are the gifts and the opportunities for collaboration in this time of being single? And I kind of like to call it, I just named it. <laughs> so let me know if you like it. The White Abyss, bright, clear. You might feel a little blind. <laughs> Don't know where to go don't know which way is up or down or right or left, but there's this sense of calm. There is this sense of calm. Like I told you the other day I woke up with, and I'd really encourage you to notice when you feel that sense of calm. Excuse me. I just took a sip of my coffee, (laughs) but to notice this sense of calm and really honor it. And the more you see it and honor it and feel it, the more often it will happen. I promise you that. So best ways to collaborate in this time of being single, of being alone. I see it as a different lens to look at my life. So oftentimes when I've been surrounded by other people When I've been in a relationship where it's this long-term feeling of in community and in partnership, I see myself through them. I can't help it. I can't help it. It's really hard not to. I see myself through them or I always consider my life in relation to theirs. Does that make sense? So I'm always just thinking about them. It's, I think that's part of what partnership is. I don't mean to knock it, but like for me, I really need to create boundaries in that way. So this time of being single has helped me to create my own lens of myself with which I now look at my life in a completely different way. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud for all that I've accomplished. Whereas in the past, if I'm in partnership with someone, I kind of look for the accolades. I look for the satisfaction and the good job and the high five and the, Hey, I'm proud of you from someone else. But during this time, I've really been able to be my own cheerleader and root myself on and say like, wow, like, You fucking did it. You're doing it. You're in it. (laughs) And yeah, that's one thing. Side note, you talk to yourself during this time. And I highly, highly, highly encourage you to talk to yourself. Things start to come up and out that you could have never thought you would say. And I don't mean that it's going to be shocking necessarily, but it's going to be truth and it's going to move you. Because what starts to happen is you start to have a conversation with your soul. Drink every time I say the word soul. You start to have this conversation with your soul and things come up and you you're talking to yourself and a truth pops out about perhaps the way in which you've been pursuing your dream and how it's really not aligned and that you should ease up on this in order to accelerate in that direction truth starts to come up. So this new lens, it's clearer. It is the way in which I see my life as it is, not with any other filters that people put on it, but truly as it is. And I am able to talk to myself where I am. I meet myself exactly where I am and I'm able to speak speak truthfully to myself, to my soul and have a conversation and things become very clear. Dreams become super, super crystal clear. And the way in which, or the next step towards those dreams, um, towards anything you want to create and put out into the world become really, really clear. So trust that. And I mentioned earlier, we often treat this time as a limbo, as an in-between, as a time when we like try to manifest a boyfriend and listen, I've done it. I've done it. (laughs) I've manifested. I've written him down. I've made, I've made the inspo boards. What am I trying to say? You guys are shouting at it. Oh my God. I'll think of it. Uh, but this is the main event. This time is the main event. Like, I don't know how else to say it. This is your main event for you to shine from which all things will flow. I promise you everything from here. If you take this time as sacred, as a time to collaborate with, as a time to be a little super sleuth and get curious and look for clues and gifts about yourself and your beautiful life. All things will flow from there. Beautiful relationships, dreams coming true, abundance, love, all of the good health, everything flows from this main event. So I want you to take it really seriously. Don't wait to take this time as seriously as you can. It is, it is one that I don't know if, if you'll get again. It might come in different forms, but I don't know if being completely single will happen again after you take this time to work truly on yourself because you're going to be attracting some beautiful relationships in from there. I also think this time is a time to acknowledge. So I mentioned that I am my own cheerleader, but I think taking the time To give yourself the accolades is really, really important because at the end of the day, you have you and you. And so if it feels a little cheesy, if it feels a little much, a little outside of your comfort zone to be like, hey, good job. Like you're fucking killing it. Or I'm so proud of you. Wow. just humor me and practice it. This is all practice. Everything that I'm talking about today is practice. You can't do it once and be like, yep, got it. Feeling awesome. You have to practice it every single day. And it's going to be annoying sometimes. It's actually going to annoy the shit out of you sometimes. I don't want to do it. But the moment you commit and the moment you Step into the fire of feeling uncomfortable. That's when the healing begins. That's when the abundance starts to come in because the universe is like, ah, she's got it. He's got it. Mm -hmm. He's ready. He's willing. He's open. So be sending messages, be sending motherfucking bat signals with your energy, with your choices, with your body language, with your commitment, with your practices. Be sending bat signals. To the universe. Okay. (laughs) Putting on my bat suit. I want to talk about creating rituals in this time. It has been so, so special to me to be creating rituals. And I didn't realize it up until recently. I'm kind of kicking myself for all the time, not wasted, but I don't know. I think I fucked around because I was trying to get out of feeling lonely or uncomfortable. But I am finally on the ritual train when it comes to doing rituals on my own and it lights me up and completes my fucking life. So listen up. (laughs) Creating ritual. For example, going to the grocery store, picking out beautiful, nourishing foods, coming home, you know, putting on music or your favorite TV show, lighting a candle or two, maybe Palo Santoing your place up, just kind of setting the mood and the tone and cooking this beautiful food for yourself. And a lot of people are like, but I, like, if I cook for myself, I cook too much and I'd rather cook for other people. I get it because I feel the same way. But this is not supposed to be super comfortable all the time this ritual is, is part of the message that you're sending out and something else that I'll get into in a moment, but this ritual can be so super sacred. And so for example, like I said, cooking and then sitting down and taking in the food that you prepared, that you put love and time into. I know it sounds like a lot and it sounds like, oh, that's going to take a long time. Yeah, it might. But you are worth that time. You are worth the time, I promise you. And I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit because it's just kind of coming up to, to bring up so that it makes even more sense. But a ritual like this, cooking for yourself, sitting down and mindfully enjoying the food that you prepared for yourself, a ritual like this is for me, a love date. So a date that I make with myself, I put in my calendar, put in my calendar, literally, and I have alerts on it, put in my calendar, block off my calendar on my work calendar so that I have this time because giving yourself the time and love on your own, is creating and sending a message to be able to receive the love that you have always dreamed of, that you deserve, that you are worthy of. So having those love dates to give yourself the love that you wish to receive. It's been a life changer for me. And it's a practice. Like I said, it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. You're going to think it's fucking lame some days. You're going to be like, this is so lame. Why am I doing this? You're doing it because you deserve to give yourself the time so that when that partner or maybe that new friendship or maybe when you reconnect with your family or maybe when that dream job comes in, you have already. Created this space for that love. Does that make sense? Like creating this space on your own so that when that entity, that person comes in, it's like they seamlessly integrate into your life. Seamless. How beautiful. Instead of grind, 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 go, 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 you know, get my career to where it wants to be. And then like, eventually I'll meet him and then it'll be great. You know, like there will be no space for that person or that opportunity to come through if you haven't created this space. I'm just giving you a moment to let that sink in. Hopefully that made sense. I literally don't know if it did, but it makes such sense to me. So I'm just praying it does for you. And finally, this time, this time is about receiving as much as it is about giving and giving to yourself. Maybe you've taken this time to, to, to extend yourself to charities or service, but this time is just as much about receiving. And I highly recommend, and you know, we talk about it on the podcast a lot finding that quiet every single day and finding that time, whatever meditation looks like for you, it might be a moving meditation. It might be a walk around the block. It might be yoga. It might be sitting and listening to the most beautiful music that you love. And it makes your heart just open up, but taking that time to find that stillness so that you can receive what's coming in and the ego doesn't love to sit in stillness. It likes to move and it likes to move forward, feeling like it should be productive. But I have found the most pro- productivity in stillness. It comes in, the messages come the fuck in. It's, it blows my mind. I literally laugh when it comes in because I'm wondering how long it was just waiting there to be like, okay, you done? You done being mindlessly busy to numb yourself? Are you done? And then it just pops in. I'm like, holy shit, that's the best idea ever. Let's do that today. That makes my heart sing. That makes my soul just like so happy. And it's not until I get quiet enough that it comes in. So I highly suggest making that time. So in addition to those love dates, where you're, you know, doing things for yourself and making the space and giving yourself the love you wish to receive. Also finding and putting on your calendar, if you need to, the time for complete stillness. All right. How are we feeling? (laughs) I feel like I'm scratching the surface a bit on this subject and I hope that you all took something away from this whether you're in relationship or not but i want to promise you that if you do shift your perspective and the way you view this time to more light and space and positivity and having a lot of opportunity for you. And that's not to say, Oh my God, you're going to be so productive in this space. You're going to like produce all of this work and you're going to accelerate in your career. I don't know what it means. It might not mean that, but I promise you that there is opportunity to accelerate the getting to know yourself part of your path. And I, I know we'll spend the rest of our lives doing it, but this time is such an incubator. And I just urge you to love it a little bit more. And maybe you have to fake it in the beginning. I love it. And you're like, I fucking hate it. But you say it until you believe it. Love this time. It is such a gift. There is no accident that is happening for you at this moment, at this time. So trust that you are taken care of in that way. And just, be aware that once you become more intuitive and attuned in the stillness, in the rituals, you can you can perk up your radar. You basically watch for the arrival of contentment by yourself, contentment with yourself. Watch for the arrival of integration, of the work that you are doing integrated in a new way, so you're seeing yourself in a new light, moving forward, you know, with a new pressure in your step. Uh, I don't mean pressure like pressure, but just you're stepping on the ground a little bit differently. And watch for the arrival of the certainty that everything is right, even if it's not perfect. Watch for that certainty, it's gonna come in feels like a knowing and the voice if there is a voice to it and words to it is your own voice so listen for that that certainty that everything is right even if it's not perfect that knowing is like one of the biggest gifts I've received during this time and you're gonna have bouts of being Really gutsy and really assured, and really like go, 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 moving forward. Yes, I got this. I'm independent. I know myself. I I love my alone time, feeling all this. But I just urge you to balance and be able to slow down because that momentum forward, all the beautiful. And I love that. Sometimes, if we go too quickly, we miss the spots between A and B, the little details and the messages. So be sure to take the time to slow down and to prepare and to breathe. Can we take a deep breath? It's all about balance in that way. And finally, this time is such a beautiful time to rest, just to rest, take some time to renew, Rest is just as necessary as food and water. Notice what recharges you. And notice what de-energizes you. So what energizes you and de-energizes you, but incorporate what recharges you. Because you'll be able to bring that into any relationship and it'll be so healthy because you'll be able to set boundaries and set expectations for yourself and it will already be integrated into your physical body, into your spirit, into your thought patterns. And I'm just excited for you. I'm really excited if you are feeling alone in any part of your life, whether it is in relationship between jobs, moving to a new place, I'm excited for you. I'm so fucking excited. It is such a gift. It is such a time. And I say this because I've been through such a long period of time where I fucking cursed it. I was like, this sucks. Spending my time trying to find someone to fill me up. I have no doubt that one day I will meet someone that not necessarily completes me. I had to pause for a moment because I was like, what do I want to say here? I have no doubt that I'm going to find someone that so beautifully integrates into my life and teaches me every day. And I teach him every day. And that's what it's all about. What can you teach me? And just coming from that place of pure love. As you're being taught, as you are teaching, this is what it's all about. Let go of the final destination of what you thought your life would be. This is what it's all about. The things that come up so unexpectedly and your call to rise and to open and to learn and to be yourself, and to get to know yourself even better, and to share your gifts in the face of what you didn't expect. You are called. Okay, babies. (laughs) I love you all so much. I hope that was helpful. I want to continue the conversation in the secret Facebook group. It's really important to us that you continue to share your stories and what you're going through, because I have a feeling I'm going to get feedback after this one that I am not alone. There are times when I feel like I am in dealing with, you know, a sense of loneliness, but I know I'm not alone and there are ways in which we can collaborate with this time to make it the most sacred time in our lives. So I love you. You're doing great. Everything is working out just the way it should in the perfect timing. You are on your path. You are loved. We are so grateful that you are a part of this community and you inspire us every fucking day. I love you. Have the best day. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was like, what other? Oh would my you God. Take? Wow thanks guys for listening appreciate it that was uh, so
1: guys we're gonna do a solo episode it's gonna be me on my slut journey <laughs> talking about my slutty days <laughs>
0: what <laughs> we're not. that's basically what my episode was about really <laughs> no I should have a, a slutisode episode. yeah great idea so we're gonna be doing more solo episodes probably about once a month mm-hmm. Um, we're not really sure but we hear you so Kristen and I have lived very different lives and are able to kind of touch on different uh, topics and experiences. So we're gonna we're gonna do that, even though it's scary not to be together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it feels feels good to kind of be supported by the other and do that. So yeah, she feels good to just talk.
1: Yeah, sometimes, very rarely. <laughs> All right, review of the week. Oh, I wonder if this is from Lauren Coleman from my hometown.
0: I wonder. It's just say Lauren or Lauren C. It's Cuddle Lauren. Her last name is Coleman with a K.
1: Lauren Coleman, Mason. What's up? I wonder if it's her. Five stars, my go-to podcast. This podcast is everything. It couldn't be any more real and relatable. I love the topics. Literally, they cover every aspect of my life. And it's something that everyone can listen to no matter what age you are. Krista and Lindsay are so genuine and always bring something new to the table. They do an amazing job of generating informative and exciting conversations that you can always take something away from. Hands down, my
0: favorite podcast. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. Sweet. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining the secret Facebook group. Um, Thanks to everyone who've uh, come to our tour. Yeah, thanks so much. Like, it means the freaking world. We've sold out the entire tour. Cool. Uh, What?
1: Also, you guys have been tagging us in the pictures (sighs) where you guys are hanging out. Yes. There's lots of subgroups for almost 32. So find the subgroup for your city. You guys are meeting up, you're having book clubs, you're doing really, really cool, awesome things.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have a subgroup for your city, start one. Like, we need you. Yeah. Um, We love you all so much, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye bye.